1: Sangram here. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel episode. I'm super pumped today because I was at this conference in Asheville, beautiful, beautiful location. And I had the pleasure of listening to this one gentleman who was super excited about his, the topic that he was talking about. And I, as a marketer, is am always excited when somebody is is really putting their heart and soul into it. And he was talking about agile marketing. And he started talking about B2B, the funnel, the, the things, that challenges. And I'm like, I want to stay for this, but I had to hit because, because I had a flight to CAT. So I couldn't really attend the entirety of his session. So I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea to bring him on the podcast and really dive and, and get more into this topic of agile marketing, which I frankly think has not been very well understood in the marketplace. So we'll, we'll, we'll go on it. So today I have Jim Yule. He has been 12 years with Microsoft, which actually is a pretty phenomenal thing to do in itself. Beyond that, he has been writing on agile marketing. He's the CEO and founder of his organization. He also works for a nonprofit. That is a really awesome thing that we can get to. If we, if you we get into it, I don't think you can get into anything else. So we would keep that aside for now. But just excited. So, Jim, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you, Sangram. That's great to be here. I also have been a fan of yours for a number of years. I. I remember reading about foot by Funnel, you know, when you first started. And and I just thought that the whole idea of really thinking about who are your best customers and and really focusing on on those made so much sense, you know. So I've been a fan of yours for some time.
1: Uh, That's great. That's awesome. So let's start with a fun fact.
0: Oh, fun fact about myself. Well, one of the things is that I'm a very serious amateur chef. I went to cooking school in France, not once, but twice. One time on a sabbatical from Microsoft, and then another time after I left Microsoft. And I always liked cooking, but I have no interest in running my own restaurant. Too much hard work and too many late hours to be able to do that. So that's my fun fact.
1: That's awesome, man. I think cooking is a therapy, and every time I try to do it, I feel like get stressed out. So I don't know, it doesn't really work for me. In a thing. <laughs> at the minute, my wife would get stressed out because I do so much mess around the house trying to figure things out. So uh. it's my side. So let's talk about agile marketing. Um, I really feel like, again, I was really inspired as, as you started talking about it, and I feel like that topic is not very well understood. And I'm curious if you agree with that even before we kind of get into unpacking of it.
0: Yeah, I, I do tend to agree that Agile marketing has not been well understood. You know, I think mean, it's a couple things. One is that some people look at it and they say, oh, that's the latest buzz. You know, let's be Agile, you know, that sort of thing. And, and they don't understand how much is behind Agile, specifically In terms of what's been done in the software development world, where Agile is now the absolute accepted way to develop software. Probably 80% of developers practice Agile, right? And the second thing is, in terms of misunderstanding, is that a lot of people think that Agile marketing is just about applying like Scrum or Kanban, you know, the processes to marketing. And that's just one small piece of it. Okay, I mean, those processes are great, but if all you're doing is using those processes to kind of get more things done and track what you're doing and all that, you're missing out on a lot of the power of, of agile marketing. Okay, yeah. There's other things that are part of agile marketing, you know, things like one of our values is individuals and interactions over one size fits all, right? Mm-hmm. Really key to your market of, of, of foot My funnel, right? I mean, it no one wants to be treated like a number or like, oh, you're a millennial, or you're a baby boomer, so you must be this way, you know, sort of thing. I mean, nobody wants that, right? And so there's that. There's the other big piece of, of agile marketing that I think people who really embrace it and get it and embrace is this thing called validated learning. Mm. What I mean by that is. In agile marketing, we always take this iterative approach. You know, we don't try to run big campaigns and then declare victory. Yeah, you know, we, we got all these impressions and we did all this, you know, and, and, you know, those kinds of things. What we try to do is to do kind of a little campaign to learn something about our market. And if it doesn't work, we don't say, well, that failed. We say, hey, we learned that that doesn't work. So glad we didn't invest a whole ton of money in that. Okay, let's try something different, you know? And I've actually seen that a lot in the, I told you before we got on the podcast that I was, I've started a new job in a, in a nonprofit. And what I think, of course, I'm running there is marketing, right? And so I'm, we're applying agile marketing there. And we are just trying to really do this validated learning thing. Where yeah. We're trying to figure out, because it's kind of a new thing and, and what's going to work and what doesn't. And one of the big challenges there has been to do that with what I'd call pace, you know. And it, so we're trying to get to where we run at least two tests a week, okay? Yeah. And that sounds like oh, two tests a week, that doesn't sound like that much. Well, when you look at trying to build, you know, all of the, like the Facebook ads, and the emails, and all the stuff that goes into each test, okay, and the fact that we have no staff and no money and you know, all that sort of stuff, it's a challenge just to do that. But, yeah. you know, getting pace of your learning, it's almost like the faster you learn, yeah. the, better, the more success you're going to have. I mean, I, 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 okay. I really believe that that's an important part.
1: You know, you also shared something, if I remember from your presentation, was this, this example of somebody, I don't know if it was at Microsoft or something from a meetup, where you said like this person run like 10,000 different variations. Can you share that example? Because that was like, my mind was blown when you shared that as an example. And that was, that was pretty good. I don't know if you could. uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I can
0: talk about it. So it's a guy named Satya Patel. Okay. And he was the chief marketing officer of Twitter back in, I want to say the mid 2000s, something. I don't remember. Wow. So this
1: goes back that time, like that far back.
0: Yeah, it goes back a ways. I mean, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but anyways, when he was there, okay, he came in, and one of the first things that he asked was, you know, how many tests a week are are you doing? And they yeah. said, well, we run one test at a time, and it takes about two weeks to run a test. So in effect, we're doing half a test a week. Mm-hmm. And this is Twitter. I mean, they've got you know millions and millions of accounts and, and God knows how many tweets every right. day and all this. So, I mean, so they, they have plenty of volume to be able to do to that testing, right? And so he said, okay, we want to set a goal that, you know, a month from now we want to be doing like five tests a week. And uh, mm. three months from now we want to be doing 10 tests a week or whatever. He gave them a very specific goal of how many tests that they did. And what you saw is that their rate of acquisition of new accounts, which is what they were focused on right then, just increased dramatically. I mean, you just see that the slope of the line, you know, it went yeah. from nearly flat to one of those hockey stick. hockey stick things going up there. And he attributes it just to the fact that they were conducting more tests per week and they were learning more every week. Okay, Just by increasing the pace at which they, you know, were learning and, and doing testing, they were... Yeah succeeding more in their goals.
1: Yeah. I think Jim, I think that itself is an example where I feel like that itself is such a big idea for everybody to think about, because I feel like in today's marketing world, you know, I see companies saying, okay, we are going to take three months to build this campaign together and then launch it. Like that's where your sales team is going like, okay, do you even know that my job, I won't be even here in this company three months if I don't meet my quota. So I feel like we're in the sales and marketing alignment is not an alignment of who's doing what. It's like, do we understand what it takes to win? And right. And when you shared that example of a, a CMO of a company trying to say that, you know what? We need to run more tests so we can immediately learn. And as fast we learn, we can, the faster we can grow. And, and having, it, almost giving the, the opportunity to the marketing team that you, it's okay to not be successful because these are tests. I think by calling it a test, I think it fundamentally probably changed everybody's mindset that their jobs are not online. I wonder how big of that is a cultural shift that organizations need to have to be agile mindset.
0: Well, I think it is a cultural shift and not only for organizations, but I think very specifically for marketers. Okay. Mm. I think marketers are among the most risk averse in the organization. Compare them to salespeople. Right. I mean, salespeople have to be able to accept risk because, you know, that's their job. They don't get paid if they don't sell. Right. And and I think marketers need to adopt some of that mentality. Right. They need to to have a sense of urgency, a sense of not being afraid to fail. They need to also communicate and, and, and really work with sales to understand you know, what are you hearing from your customers? What do they want, okay? And then beyond just the general thing of what what are you hearing generally from customers? What are you hearing from General Motors versus Ford versus Tesla, right? I mean, if I'm selling to car companies and I treat Tesla just like I treat General Motors, hello, that ain't gonna work, right? I mean, I I, I don't know those two companies.
1: That is true. You know, I, I asked this question maybe last week, at an event where I said, how many of you are running one-to-one campaign? One-to-one because everyone is a companies once." So to your example, and nobody raised their hand. And it was a room of over, I think, 500 people or so. Right. And not a single person raised their hand. They're not doing a single one-to-one campaign. Right. And- me, that is just the state of marketing right now is that if you are not doing one-to-one campaign, if you're doing one-to-many campaigns, then how is it that you're able to create the relevancy and the personalization and all the buzzwords that we are all using? It's not high gym or high Sangrum. That's not personalization. It is right. way more than that. So I feel it, it really supports your point that you're making. Yeah. So, you know, one other thing that you mentioned at the conference was about the fact that when events are done, what do we normally do? And you really got into like, hey, look, you know, when events are done, typically you just high five and say, hey, it was successful because God forbid, you cannot be unsuccessful. You're successful, but you, you kind of started to get into this idea of like, no, no, you should be asking questions. Could you share more of that example?
0: Yeah, I was building off of a conversation that I heard from someone, I think, during your presentation or at the end of your presentation when they were asking questions. And one of the members of the audience said that, you know, after you run a big event for donors, right, we tend to do these after action, you know, reports or whatever you want to call them. We always use military metaphors there. But anyways, talking about oftentimes the logistics of the event, do we do a good job on the food? Did we do a good job on the room? You know, and all that sort of stuff. And she pointed out what we really ought to be talking about is, did we engage the audience? Did they do the things that we wanted to have happen during the event? Did we get the message right? You know, I mean, all these other things that are kind of like about the content and the and the whole reason that we did the event, you know, because we want people to take some action and we want them to get some message and, and all that sort of stuff. And so I think it's really important to, to start thinking about the, the other thing is too many people that like they might have one big event per year. Right. I mean, this is something we were hearing from a lot of these nonprofits. Is they have right. their big event per year. Right. where they, they raise money. I'd almost like to see them have 40, 50 small events. Okay. Because if they did that and they learned from each event and they got better with each event, I mean, it's like you'd be as good. Actually, you'd be better than if you just improved over the score over the course of 40 to 50 yearly event. Right. Yeah. And, and and I say you'd get better than over 40 to 50 years because what happens if you run a yearly event is you come around in the next year. Some people have changed. You've forgotten some things that you did. You know, I mean, there's just not as much room for improvement. So making small bets, that's really a very much a part of agile.
1: Totally. All right. So could you share maybe the main, maybe two or three big pillars of what agile marketing really is? Because I feel like there's just so many really, I'm again, I'm, I've taken almost two pages of notes. Uh, <laughs> I can literally wrap up right now, but I don't want to do that without like just sharing Maybe the two or three major pillars of agile marketing. If somebody's new to it and is trying to figure out, well, wait a minute, am I doing agile or am I not doing agile? I think I'm doing agile, but maybe I'm. So are there things that you could share that says, okay, this is what you should really be thinking about?
0: Well, we've covered a few of them already. So we've talked about rapid iterations over big bang campaigns. We also talked about what I call individuals and interactions over one size fits all. One we haven't talked about yet is something that I call outcomes over outputs. What I mean by that is, let's say you're using agile marketing, and you're just getting more shit done, you know, we're just getting more things done. If it's really crap, if it's crap marketing, you're yeah. not going to get the, the desired results, right? And right. so, it's not just about output. It's not about how much marketing we put out there, how much content, how much stuff we put out there, right? Yeah. It has to be about the outcome right? I mean, and, and so that that focus on really thinking about outcomes over outputs yeah. is super important. You know, that's one of the pillars of, of, of Agile, okay? And so one of the things that I tell people when they're thinking about adopting Agile, what they tend to do is they tend to start by going out and learning about Scrum and about Kanban and, you know, building Kanban boards and all that sort of stuff. And I say, whoa, hold on, Okay. Before you do that, you need to get alignment about what's the desired outcome of you adopting Agile, Yeah. right? What do you want to get out of it? And yeah. by the way, get really clear with the sales team or with the leadership of the organization about what their goals are. Because you better, as a marketer, you better sure as heck be contributing to those goals, okay? Yeah. If you're not aligned on the outcomes that they want to see... You're,
1: you're not yeah. marketing. You're not doing the right thing. Okay. And or you're out. You're out. That's right. You're out. That's right. That's right. do get somebody else in. That's right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I talk about this uh, several times on the podcast is that we forget. And I think and somebody shared something along and I kind of started to use pieces of it from three, different, three or four different places is that there are organizations that can be highly successful without having a marketing team. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and I feel like most marketers hear that and are shocked because marketing is such a glorified role right now. There's so much budget that marketing gets right like now and, and everything that, that's going on around it and the Martech boom and all that. But right. the reality is, there are organizations that are very well successful today that do not actually have any quote unquote traditional marketing that we all would aspire to have. With whatever, if you're a marketing today and have a job in marketing, at the same time, the, the reason I feel marketing is brought in the organization, if you really get serious about it, to your point, it is your job is to either incrementally or exponentially grow the business. If yeah. you're not adding to it, to, you, to what you just said, with the leadership goals and alignment, if you're not adding to it either incrementally or exponentially, we're not doing our job at all.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, I, I, I think that's a really interesting point. There are organizations that grow without kind of a marketing organization. It's not that they're not doing marketing, okay? They are, okay?
1: Not in a the traditional not, sense, maybe.
0: They're not doing traditional marketing, that's right. But they are putting messages out there that cause, you know, a group of people, a market, okay, to take some action or change their beliefs or, you know, all the kinds of things that marketing is about, right? So they, they do that. I also think your point about, Are you trying to do incremental, you know, gains? Are you trying to do exponential gains? It's kind of important to figure out which one you're doing, right? Which one is expected of you? And I think a lot of times most marketers don't think, not most, some marketers don't think as deeply about that, okay? So that's part of the whole thing about getting aligned in the beginning about that.
1: Awesome. All right. So I'm going to try to summarize with... Of the many points I wrote, let maybe three or four that I think really are big, big, big ideas for people to kind of take note of. And then I'd love for you, Jim, to share a challenge for everybody who's listening to this podcast and is now thinking about Agile as a must-do. So first of all, it's not a buzzword. Don't go after the buzzword. Don't go after this Kanban and, and the Scrum. And it's just the process. Get alignment, which is really you started and actually ended on the same thing. Is like get alignment with everybody in the organization that you are doing this for, which is your executive team, your sales team, your leadership team in that sense. The second thing is uh, learn from little campaigns. I, I almost feel like you know, maybe we call this this whole thing as that is think about test and experiments over a campaign.
0: Yes.
1: And, and I feel like that's the idea I kind of got. We didn't really say it that way, but that's what I wrote down because I feel like when you say test or let's do an experiment or let's just do this little thing, and instead of calling it a campaign, because all of a sudden campaign just makes people think that they need to have everything tied well together and you need to have every, they need to have a bow on it, we need to have a very clear, like, you know, success metric, and it has to be a big metric. I think it just creates so much unnecessary drama around it, as opposed to if you say, Hey, let's just run this as a test or an experiment. I think it will take away a lot of the, the burden that we put on ourselves and call, call that as to instead of campaign. Um, so that was great. The, the other part, I feel like when you shared around the, the number of tests, this, uh, the CMO at Twitter was doing and the fact that that allowed them to learn faster, that allowed them to grow faster. I think it's a big idea is that the faster you learn, the faster you grow. So your thoughts around, instead of doing just one big event, which is the annual event that you do, maybe can you do smaller events with groups and meetups and all these things that happen where you can connect and learn and grow. I think maybe in in the days of doing really just one big event are gone and actually trying to do like, like smaller events where you meet your customers and your future customers really advance your relationship with them at a much faster pace I might be there. And the last point that I feel of all that, that really speaks to me is think about outcomes over outputs. And I do believe a lot of times I do feel the reason I started and said that maybe agile marketing is misunderstood is because everyone I talk to Jim about agile ever or that come up, they say that, yeah, we got this two week sprint program. Now we're getting shit done. It's like clicking and blocking. People are getting shit done. I never, I hardly hear, I should never say that. I don't, I'm honestly never. If I hardly hear people talking about like, man, as soon as we implement Agile, we are generating the desired outcome of our organization. We're able to move the needle. We're able to move. I just don't hear that. So hopefully this misunderstanding is kind of pulled together by your final point, which is focus on outcomes over outputs. Yep.
0: Sorry, the- man. You are a good listener. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good.
1: I'm, I, I, I love taking this. All, I do this podcast to learn. So I, you, I love the notes, and there were some really big ideas. What's the challenge that you want to share with everybody?
0: Yeah, I think the challenge is around that number of experiments, okay? I challenge everybody to just go out and talk and look in their organization and say, how many experiments per week are we running today? Identify what the number is, okay? And then Set yourself a specific goal. Don't say, oh, we want to run more experiments. Because if if you tell everybody to run more experiments, they'll do two instead of one or you know, whatever. Get something specific. Say we want to get you know five experiments per week by January 31st, or whatever you know, your goal is to, to do that. But set yourself a specific goal and increase the number of experiments that you do. What you'll find is that it's going to increase your learning. Okay. And the second thing is it's going to improve your ability to execute your infrastructure, you know, how you use your marketing automation tools and all that sort of stuff. Because if you're not good at that stuff, you can't do all those experiments. So it'll help on that too.
1: Totally. I love that challenge accepted for me, myself, we're going to go back and look at it and experiment because I don't think you look at it that way. So you may, you made me think about that. And hopefully other people will start doing experiments. Jim, thank you for hopping on the show, man. This was fun.